Welcome to Today on Broadway for Thursday, September 7th, 2017. I'm Broadway World's Matt Tamanini. And I am Broadway star's James Marino. James, I have finally dug out of the mountain of Scott Rudin press releases. Oh, man. That have come. I, literally, I felt like people were throwing sharp objects at my head while I was trying to do yesterday's show. There were just more press releases coming, more press releases. So I apologize to everyone for that coming out a little late, but you don't expect to get two big press releases before 830 in the morning. But uh, you killed my you joke. Do? You killed my oh, joke. Sorry. You know what I was going to say? Was, What's that? <laughs> remember last year when, you know, it seemed like almost every episode was kind of uh, yeah. Hamilton, Hamilton, Hamilton and things like that. And <laughs> and then came the Hamilcast and all the other imposters that try to be like the Hamilcast. Uh, and so <laughs> I know where you're going now. And so I was like, we could totally have a Scott Rudin podcast. And we the Rudin cast. The Rudin cast. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> That's and, perfect. And then people will be copying us and trying to be like the Scott cast and yeah. Sarcast. Well, and... we, we've got quite a bit of Rudin talk today. So, yeah. uh, you know, uh, <laughs> uh, who is the uh, act, uh, amazing actor, not amazing actor? Uh, who's the Twitter account that's hysterical? Oh, An- An- Bradis. Andrew Bradis. Yeah. What, what, what is his handle? Annoying actor, friend. annoying actor friend. So we we gotta have somebody start a Scott Rudin assistant, um, <laughs> pod, uh, uh, assistant Twitter handle because that could be really funny. Scott yeah, Ru- Scott Rudin's good. assistant. Somebody start that. You know, Bradis could get on that. <laughs> All right. So first up, Tina Fey, Mean Girls confirms Broadway dates this spring. Speaking of Andrew Bradis and his wife Sarah, they both appeared. Uh, in this past season of The Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. So uh, anyway, so you got that. Anyway, yes, James, as you predicted on Tuesday's episode, this week has been chock full of news. And it continued yesterday as shortly after I finished that Scott Rudin episode. It was announced that pretty much what everybody already expected and knew was going to happen. Mean Girls, the musical, will be coming to Broadway this season following its fall run at Washington, D.C.'s National Theater. The musical, which features a book from original screenwriter Nine time Emmy winner Tina Fey, music by her husband, three-time Emmy winner Jeff Richmond, and lyrics by Tony nominee Nell Benjamin, will begin performances at the August Wilson Theater on March 12th, ahead of an April 8th opening. Tony winner Casey Nicola directs and choreographs, and tickets go on sale for American Express card members on Sunday at 10 a.m. Eastern Time, then for Audience Rewards members on September 25th, and then to us general public peons on October 3rd, <laughs> which, which apparently is a big deal in the Mean Girls fandom space. Um, so if you're a fan of that, you probably know why I, October 3rd is important. The DC tryout is scheduled to run from October 31st through December 3rd. And stars Erica Henningsen, Taylor Louderman, Ashley Park, Kate Rockwell, Barrett Wilbert Weed, Gray Henson, Kyle Selig, and the always wonderful Carrie Butler. Now, James, with this recent flurry of announcements, we are now down to just five theaters currently available for the spring. The Booth, Broadway, Hudson, Neil Simon, and Kerr. Of course, there could be more that become available as currently running shows announce closing. There are also a different five that are available for the fall. That's the August Wilson, Jake. Jacobs, Imperial, Golden, and Marquis. 
Now, every single one of those does have a show scheduled for the spring, so they might hold off and just wait for those shows to come in. Or, of course, they could try to find something to occupy the space short term over the holidays, James. But I love it. I, give us all the info. I would much rather talk about this than vamping about random other stuff for uh, 10, 15 minutes every morning with you, James. Yeah, they uh, they could, you know, try to monopolize some of those spaces for one-off concerts. You know, uh, they could put uh, – during the holidays, they could put somebody in like Spruce Springsteen and, uh, <laughs> you know, try to get some uh, runoff there, some accidental purchases. Spruce yeah. Springsteen. Yes. I like it. All right. So uh, – no, I seriously I think that maybe we'll see some concerts in those in those places or uh yeah. or, holiday shows. Yeah, things like that. Um all right, what's up in the show and casting news? More Hello Dolly news? There's more. Uh, on yesterday's show, I said that with Bernadette Peters taking over as Dolly Gallagher Levi, we weren't quite sure of the fate of the role's current alternate, Donna Murphy. Well, yesterday we learned that Peters will be playing all eight performances every week of her run, and that two-time Tony winner Murphy will play her final performance in the role on January 9th. We already know that Hello, Dolly! is losing its Barnaby, so Taylor Trench can step into Dear Evan Hansen, so I would imagine that we will be continuing to see press releases coming from Scott Rudin about Hello, Dolly! about that role and perhaps some others over the next few weeks. Can we uh, request that these press releases come at a reasonable time of the day? Uh, he's been doing all kinds of crazy stuff with these press releases. 6 a.m., 10.30 p.m. It's been it's been weird, and you Holidays, have to wonder— weekends. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Holidays, weekends. Um, you have to wonder if there's some sort of strategy behind that, uh, trying to, to monopolize a, a news cycle. We did kind of figure out that uh, the, one of them, and I don't remember which one it is at this point, the one that came out at like 10.30 at night, was to Be kind brutal. of— yeah. Beat yeah, beat Michael Riedel in a column about something. I don't remember, talk. and I don't remember what that was. But um, you know, I, I guess he keeps us on our toes. <laughs> All right, By Brian Tyree Henry joins Second Stage's Lobby Hero. Yeah, yesterday we also learned that stage and screen star Brian Tyree Henry has joined Michael Sarah and Chris Evans in this spring's production of Kenneth Lonergan's play Lobby Hero. Henry originated the role of General Butt Bleeping Naked in the Book of Mormon and has received wide acclaim as up-and-coming rapper Paperboy on the FX series Atlanta. He also recently earned a guest acting Emmy nomination for his appearance on NBC's This Is Us. Lobby Hero will begin previews on Thursday, March 1st at the Helen Hayes Theater at a make it a second stage's first ever Broadway production and will officially open on Monday, March 26th. The role of Dawn in Lobby Hero currently remains to be cast. That will wrap up the four-person cast. James, not much to go on here, but yesterday our boy Scott Rudin had not one, not two, not three, not four, but five full-page ads in newspapers advertising his current and upcoming shows, Hello Dolly, Carousel, The Iceman Cometh, Three Tall Women, and a new adaptation of Harper Lee's classic novel To Kill a Mockingbird from Academy Award-winning auteur Aaron Sorkin. The show will be directed by Bartlett Shear and will apparently open on Broadway on December 13th of 2018. Hmm. Nothing like getting some lead time there. Um, I, you know, I guess they seemed a little odd to announce so early, but they wanted to get the bang for their buck in terms of the newspaper advertising, but... Knowing how much trouble Sorkin has in sticking to writing deadlines and getting scripts in on times, 
maybe it's a good idea to get him on the clock now. In other casting news on Wednesday, producers announced the complete cast of Broadway's upcoming transfer of Farinelli and the King. Joining the previously announced Mark Rylance and other holdovers from the original London production will be Melody Grove, Lucas Hall, Peter Bradbury, John Rich, and Margot White. Farinelli and the King will begin previews on December 5th at the Belasco Theater and will play a strictly limited engagement of 16 weeks through March 25th of 2018. And finally, in the show and casting news section, James, following a very short four-day sold-out pop-up run at La Poison Rouge this past February. Cruel Intentions, the musical, will, will that's just hilarious to me, uh, will return to the New York venue this December for a limited engagement beginning on November 17th, playing through January 29th of 2018. The musical, of course, is based on the uh, Ryan Phillippe and Sarah Michelle Gellar 1999 teen movie that's a take on Dangerous Liaisons, and no, I am not saying the French name of that show ever again. The score features 90, 90s pop songs and star Jennifer Damiano, Alex Boniello, Constantine Rosuli, Janelle Parrish, and more back in February. Casting for the return engagement will be announced soon. James, apparently New York just can't get enough of those Dangerous Liaisons, whether they take place in Paris or on the Upper West Side. Uh, well, I think that producers probably think that New York can't take enough, but I mean the last, <laughs> the last dangerous li- liaisons on Broadway, the uh, took a real beating in the box office. Yeah, the Lee F. Schreiber one was not well received. Yeah, and I liked it. I liked it. I, now I think that it probably should have at least won an award for costume design and, and perhaps even set design. It was really intense. It was re- great. Hmm. All right. In the recommendation section, what do we got? Okay. So yesterday, Politico, which is, James, as I'm sure you know, a, uh, a political website, um, which if you couldn't figure it out by the name, I mean, come on, that's Politico. Anyway, they published its list of 50 ideas blowing up American politics and the people behind them. And that list included Pulitzer Prize-winning playwright Lynn Nottage and her play Sweat. As you all remember, the play focuses on downtrodden steelworkers in Pennsylvania and had a short run on Broadway this past spring after an acclaimed run off-Broadway. Of the show, Nottage said, quote, What happened in the last few years is that white privilege isn't enough to rescue folks from the depths of despair. I had never really seen white men in that kind of vulnerable position. There's real pain here. Besides a slew of other political figures and journalists on the list, you also saw the likes of speechwriter turned podcaster John Favreau, actress Melissa McCarthy and Sean Spicer stand in, uh, and novelist Brad Thor. We will have a link to the complete list of Lynn Nottage's, uh, the complete list of uh, Politico's 50 Ideas Blowing Up American Politics and Lynn Nottage's profile specifically in the show notes at BroadwayRadio.com if you want to check that out. James, oftentimes when we talk about politics, people get mad about it. Don't care, um, but uh, this one is something that I think is uh, is really cool um, because it's nice to see that people outside of our little insular bubble are taking note of a show that, yes, it won a Pulitzer Prize but didn't necessarily get the reception on Broadway that I think a lot of people would have liked. But it's nice to know that people are recognizing that work and Lynn Nottage's work and not only just for this but her incredible career. So it's cool to see some people that are really, really outside our bubble pay attention. It's really cool. I mean, I'm an avid reader of Politico and Axios, um, and I, you know, I, I must, I, I honestly read Politico and Axios 
more than Broadway websites every day, 5, 10, 15 times a day. <laughs> and I totally miss this thing of Lenatish, so I'm excited that you hit it. And uh, it's great to see John Favreau, that filmmaker, doing well here. No, not that one. Not, not that one. Not I, always the one. I always get them wrong, don't I? <laughs> yeah, not not the one that did the Jungle Book and doing the Lion King live action thing. No, different one. Different not, John Favreau. Okay. Yeah, not happy from the Iron Man movies. Yeah. Friends of the Pod, John Favreau. Okay. Yes, that. Uh, I had Actar's junk and the New York Times. What do they have to say? All right. Well, in a somewhat similar vein connected to the Politico piece, the New York Times' Michael Sokolov published a phenomenal in-depth profile of playwright Ayad Akhtar in his upcoming Broadway play, Junk, which, as you might remember, centers on an investment banker in 1985, 1985 who is trying to reshape the world on his belief of the near-sacred infallibility of markets. The Times article delves into Akhtar's personal life, the development of the show, his spiritual life, and a lot lot more of the play which begins performances at lincoln center's vivian beaumont theater next week actar said the new landed gentry are those who manufacture money who have access to massive amounts of capital that's the strand the play is really following even though junk which stars stephen pasquale is set more than 30 years ago the playwright believes that it has an incredible resonance in today's society especially in the era of Donald Trump and and kind of the things we're seeing with tax cuts specifically designed to benefit the wealthy. Uh, James, this is another one. I, you know, I think these two go together on more than just, hey, there's some politics and playwrights um, in there. But generally, when the, the, one of the best weapons that people have outside of direct activism and, and calling congressmen and, and marching about things that they don't like is art. And it's interesting to see people, um, two playwrights of color, uh, really taking stands that are uh, grounded in some sort of really interesting, complex story that can also be relevant to today's world. And so, I, you know, I, I'm interested to see what this show is like. It's a world premiere production, so we don't really know exactly what's at the core of this. But based off the way Actar describes it in this New York Times article, I'm really, really excited to see what he comes up with here based off of all this, the successes he had with Disgraced and his other shows. This should be a really, really exciting show. That is really, really cool. Looking forward to that. Uh, let me throw in here my often recommended West Wing Weekly uh, podcast. <laughs> okay. Uh, and this week they uh, – I don't know if you remember the West Wing episode where Josh goes to Canada and comes back and gives Donna a case full of moose meat. Yeah, I do. Yes. Do you, do you remember that? And then Donna takes yeah. the moose meat and gives it to an intern because she didn't really want it. And the intern sells it on eBay and um, gets caught. Yeah, and, hilarious conflict and, ensues. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and the intern's like, well, I'm not making any money in this internship, and and I didn't want moose meat, so I sold it to pay my rent, and she's got to fire him. Uh, and so the twist on this whole thing and the reason for bringing it up, do you know who the intern was? Was it Stephen Pasquale? No. It's David, oh. David Bertka. Do you know David? Neil Patrick Harris? Yeah, yeah, Neil Patrick Harris. They just celebrated their three-year anniversary yesterday. Yes. And I was <laughs> like, I totally knew that scene and when they were recounting it, recounting it on the uh, podcast. And I was like, oh, my God, of course it's David Bertka. Oh, my God. Was, so That's awesome. So tie back to Broadway. And there's tons of Broadway stuff in the West Wing Week. Oh, Every always. week. 
every week, and um, this week was no exception beyond the David Berker reference. So uh, check out the West Wing Weekly podcast. It's so awesome. Yeah, and if people don't know David Berker other than being Neil Patrick Harris's husband and a chef and a cook and all this stuff, he did play Tulsa in the Bernadette Peters revival of Gypsy on Broadway. Um, so he does have a Broadway performing background in addition to his husband's career as well. Tied it back to Scott Rudin. The Scott Rudin show brought <laughs> no, no, to you by no. Scott Rudin. Did Scott Rudin produce that that gypsy? Oh, well, well, I guess Bernadette Bernadette Peters, Peters, you know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Of course, so. everything revolves around Rudin. And I'm sure uh, if we looked at IBDB, Scott Rudin would have been, <laughs> you know, he he's the Kevin Kevin Bacon. 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 Thank you. He's the Kevin yeah. Bacon of Broadway. Speaking of celebrity marriages, Kevin Bacon and Kira Sedgwick are celebrating their 29th wedding anniversary this week as well. Not possible. 29th? They're 29th. So, I always think of them as being 29 years old. Hmm. Thank you, sir. May I have another? Yes, exactly. <laughs> All right. Why don't you get us out of here? All right. Thanks for listening to Today on Broadway. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Broadway Radio. And you can find me on Twitter at BWW Matt. And subscribe to something that pop on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play. I'm just laughing at animal, uh, animal house quotes in my head as I'm reading the script. <laughs> and my name is James Marino from BroadwayRadio.com and BroadwayStars.com. Did we give up when the Germans bombed Pearl Harbor? No. <laughs> That's the one I had in my head. That's, That's perfect. You complete me. Yeah. Matt and I will be back. Uh, what's today? Today's Thursday. So Matt and I will be back on tomorrow, Friday, to wrap up the week. Talk to you then. Okay.